Every podcast has an opening song. This is ours. It's not very long. Chase, I think our opening song needs to be a little bit longer. I'm singing more of our opening song to intro our show called Behind Two Blondes. Hi, everyone. My name's Chase O'Donnell. And I'm Savannah Brown. Don't I sound sultry today? She's a little under the weather, folks. Together, uh, we started a comedy duo called Two Blondes. Every week, Savannah and I interview a successful 20-something who is pursuing their passion in an attempt to pick up some pointers of our own. And hopefully inspire you to get out there and do the same. Um, Today, this is exciting, our special guest is Brian Walters. Brian Walters is a young 20-something who you may have seen as Ash Ketchum in epic rap battles on YouTube with over, what, 15 million views? A lot. Uh, He's the host of the hit comedy show Batsu in New York City. He's a reporter for FCI. He's senior producer of FOU Studios, which, as many of you know, is the platform this podcast is on. So we thought it would be a lot of fun to interview our guests for this show over brunch. So before we jump into our interview, uh, what are we having for brunch, Savannah? Today we're having brie and pear grilled cheese sandwiches with Brussels sprouts, arugula, and hazelnut salad. Oh my god, my mouth is watering. Oh, so good. That's of course a meal from Blue Apron, which is our sponsor. And if you also would like to try out this incredible meal, go to www.blueapron.com slash two blondes spelled t-o-o obviously the way that it sounds Sounds. is how it is spelled hi brian hi brian cheers cheers. thanks for brunching with us yes thank Thank you you. today we are drinking an assortment of drinks Mm. i have um uh chai tea i have wild berry herbal tea and brian what are you drinking i'm drinking iced coffee right now Ice, ice coffee. coffee. I just put some ice in my Well, coffee. it is okay. getting to the time of year where it's warm. Well, it should Ow. be. <laughs> it should be it's global warming. Yeah. Um, Brian, yes. thanks for yeah. being here. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Uh, so because uh, you are the senior producer of FOU Studios, I happen to know you, and so does Savannah. Yeah. Luckily, and Yay. we've actually, I I first saw you in Batsu a couple years ago, back in 2015. Ooh. You Ooh. had no idea who I was. I wasn't even part of Face Off at that time. Yeah. And I was like, man, what a good host. <laughs> I was like, I want to be that guy's friend. Brian, and will you describe what Batsu is? Yes. Batsu is a live Japanese game show that happens in the East Village. It's a mixture between Whose Line Is It Anyway and the Japanese punishment show Silent Library. So we have uh, four improvisers from FOU that uh, do improv challenges, and if they don't make the audience laugh, or if they lose a challenge, they receive a batsu, which or means punishment. punishment. I penalty. feel like you've been asked that question so many times you haven't memorized. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, you I have, have the 15 second, the 30 second, and the one minute <laughs> You have your elevator pitch. pitch. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's incredible. Uh, actually, I just hit my five-year anniversary of hosting batsu. Five Which years. is crazy, yeah. Cheers! Cheers! Five years! Cheers. And you've been in Batsu since the beginning. Uh, not the beginning. Okay. I came in one year after. One year uh, after. So there was one host before me. But, uh, yeah, I but can't believe... But that host got booted, but quick. <laughs> <laughs> no. I didn't even know another host existed. Um... But yeah, it kind of blows my mind. Uh, you know, I've done over 500 performances now, and uh, we opened Batsu Chicago last year, and 
we are in the works now to do Batsu touring uh, uh, starting the fall, which is crazy. I, I, I've heard that Batsu is the number one grossing comedy show in New York by the creators of Batsu. That's who you heard from. <laughs> That's yeah, what I heard that's it from. That's a pretty good okay, pitch so right there. Okay, so maybe it's not. a good pitch. Um, but it is a super popular improv show. It's sold sells out, out every, night. every single night. Yeah. There's never a night where it's not a sold out crowd. So. It's, it's been crazy these last two years. Like, uh, it, my job description definitely has changed from five years ago when we used to do just Monday nights, and now we're doing Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And it's such a high-energy show mm-hmm. that... Uh, you know, it, it's great that we have such an amazing team now. Our, our family has really grown, so we're able to give the best quality performances now so that we don't get too tired out. We can pick yeah. and choose which actors to... And now you're a warrior in it, too, sometimes, yes. right? Yes. Oh, I didn't know yes. that. Not just a host. You graduated um, to warrior. Yeah, our 600 show, I uh, was a warrior, um, and it was crazy. It was a crazy show. Um, but, yeah, I usually am a warrior on my birthday. Um, so that's when they give me all of the batsus, all of the punishments. <laughs> They're like, is this shot collar working? Oh, no, yeah, it is. Oh, yeah, it is. And it hurts funny. bad. It does. It sucks. Um, I would real. say the rubber band snap sucks the most, then the paintball shots, and then the shot collar, and then probably mouse traps on the fingers. But the grossest is, I couldn't believe that when you drink the mop water <laughs> but spoil. it's still really gross it is it really is and i mean they, they you know they clean the mop and everything i you know they say that and i don't that I don't watch the, the process but yeah i would say that is the one that i try to avoid they are mixing weird shit together yeah <laughs> i mean you know Ugh. we try to give an experience that uh drops jaws and makes people laugh and uh have something to talk about tomorrow morning you know does it change nightly too do they change the flavor <laughs> the uh the challenges uh we change some of the challenges up we change some of the punishments up so and obviously every show is a uh, an improvised show so uh any night you go is going to be different but um, we do have staple punishments and staple challenges that work every time, and mm-hmm. uh, they're a lot of fun to watch. Yeah. Um, so you got into hosting a Japanese game show because you moved to New York from Japan, yeah. and that's yeah. kind of your background. So why don't we fill all these listeners in on <laughs> your background being yeah. from Japan? Um, so yeah, I, I'm half Japanese, half German-American, and I... Uh, grew up uh, from 92 to 2009 in Japan and when I was in, in about 98 um, one 98 of my, what a year yeah what a year <laughs> good year uh, Backstreet Boys you know, Britney Spears was Britney hitting Spears, the scene Spice mm-hmm. Girls all these mm. that is big a good bands. year yeah. yeah good year I thought you were kidding but. Star Wars episode <laughs> one came out I want to say Titanic came out yeah 98, 98. maybe 97, 97 but I think you know, it was right the, on the Oscar cusp. year of '98. Yeah, yeah, it was a big year. Yeah. Okay. Um, so in '98, uh, one of my friends' moms uh, had her friend in the uh, modeling agency, and she was like, "Hey, why don't you have Brian join the agency?" And my mom was like, "Sure, why not?" And then uh, I didn't book anything for many, many years. Um, like I did a couple group things that they got like, hey, we need twenty kids for from your agency, and then mm-hmm. I would be one of the twenty. And you were six years old at this point. Uh, no, I was eight at this point. Um, oh, okay. So yeah, so I, I moved. I moved to Japan when I was two. 
So I started when I was eight, and then I had my big break when I was 12, or when I was 11. Um, I was on the Japanese equivalent of the Mickey Mouse Club, and uh, that was like What a, a dream job. Yeah. <laughs> it was a five-audition process, like callbacks and everything, and out of uh, 1,200 kids, I was one out of six kids that got chosen that year to be on the show, and... This was a dream come true ever We're since I was a, a clean. Yeah, that's a, that's a big deal. Houston. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, this is a, a show that we all talk about growing up. Like, hey, did you watch the episode that, where they went to Italy to make pizza? or like, you know? <laughs> And it was as big as Mickey Mouse Club, you want to say, for Japan? For Japan, yeah. I mean, it still is on right now. Oh, um, wow. Yeah, it's called Tensai Terebikun. And of it's course. probably in its... Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> Probably in its twenty third or twenty fourth year now. Do they replay your seasons? uh, They don't do well. They do replays of like certain clips, maybe. I would Um, love to see you as an eight year old. Oh my gosh! On Uh, that show, yeah, you could you could find it if you know. Uh, Surprisingly, Chrissy, our friend uh, from Mm -hmm. Face Off. I just mentioned the name, and I don't know how, but she found me. She was like, right, is this you? Is this you? And she found So if you want to find the clips, it's go possible. find Chrissy. It's yeah, possible. It is possible. But uh, yeah, I was on the show uh, 12 years old to 14 years old, and that really influenced my life. And uh, I was like, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. And you know, you I got I, a taste of stardom. Yeah, probably. in a way, like yeah. a taste of having fans, a taste of oh yeah, I being mean, a celebrity a little bit. We had you know we had people waiting outside the studio like girls and and uh, <laughs> fans and uh, Such yeah, a it was crazy. I mean, we, we would get fan letters and stuff, and we would do big summer shows and winter shows and mm-hmm. fill audit- auditoriums where families come and they. You know, I was one of those kids. I was a huge fan of the show. So. I've watched the Mickey Mouse Club um, Eat True Hollywood Story multiple times. Yeah. <laughs> and that was always, I was so jealous that they had all these fans outside for them. Like, it was, that's such a cool childhood experience. Yeah. But I also, I did hear in this Eat True Hollywood <clears throat> story that they would get made fun of a lot at school. Oh, be- oh yeah. Was that kind of for you? Oh, that is such a true thing. Yeah. Oh. I mean, especially on a Japanese TV show show where we're wearing ridiculous outfits or like you might not understand what I'm saying but uh, (laughs) it just looks ridiculous what I'm doing and you know it was middle school so it was like seventh eighth grade ninth grade time it was very tough you know and people are like oh you're a rich boy now or whatever and they're trying to take my money and I would have to good thing I was taking karate classes at the time Um, but I wasn't uh, allowed to obviously have a bruise on my face or anything Uh like if we're fighting um, but so you would get into actual physical fights? Um, I remember, like, on the last day of seventh grade, like, some kids tried to take 50 bucks from me, and, uh, like, I don't know why it ended up that way, but they ended up ripping up the 50, like, uh. I, I was like, why wouldn't you guys just keep it for yourselves? Like, no. Yeah. <laughs> Goodbye, something all, nice. Why'd you yeah, rip it up? Now we're all deducted of wow. 50. But, um, yeah, Kids are awful. They are. I mean, but I, I truly believe that, uh, that experience exists for any middle schooler. But, um, it does. Yeah, it would be a, 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 a sorry, a Hannah Montana lifestyle of like going to the studio, loving my life, working you know long long hours, but don't not caring. And then I would go back to school, school. Mm-hmm. and then like kids making fun of me. I would go home at that time. Home was very tough for me, so it's like I would rather be working. I would rather be at the studio. I can't wait to get out of school. You uh-huh. know, I would try to take as much time off as possible. So that's why I worked even harder and harder on the show, so that I would be 
used more, you yeah. know, uh-huh. so that I would be appealing to the, the producers to be in more segments. I don't understand. Was it an after school thing? You'd go or you would take like, time off from school and um, then go back to school? It was one or the other. I mean, like we had Thursday nights where I did a live show. So Thursdays, like I would go to school till 2.10 or 2.30 when we ended and then I would go straight to the studio. Uh-huh. The studio was an hour and a half from my house. So oh. I would have to commute every day as a 12 year old by myself. Oh my gosh. And uh, that, I mean, that's where I really grew up, you know, like uh, in in the <clears throat> streets of Tokyo. No. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I would, I would do some rebellious things as a middle schooler, obviously. And um, uh, it, we would take a lot of time off from school, which is why a lot of teachers didn't uh, like that I was in the the show or you know some of them approved and really wanted to push me towards it but um yeah I I found it a way to escape from reality you Mm -hmm. know and uh did you have show parents like uh stage parents no um I mean my mom was very both of my parents are very uh supportive in my endeavors and my arts and my career but uh they never pushed me I remember um, when I was right before the audition for that big TV show Tensei Terebikun, I was on the verge of <laughs> I was on the verge of quitting uh, because there were some crazy things happening uh, during like rehearsal, like managers yelling at us and all these. Uh, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't want that for any kid, you know, really. But uh, my mom was like, you know what? If you really don't like this, maybe we should quit. And then I got that phone call like, hey, we want you to audition for Tensei Terebikun. It's like, oh my god. This is like a dream role. This is my dream come true. Oh, I can wow. do this. And that then, came right when you were yeah. thinking of giving up acting as a kid. Yeah. Yeah. And so we talked Whoa. to my manager and we were like, if uh, if Brian doesn't book it, then we're going to quit the agency. And then I booked it. And then <gasps> yeah. It was like meant to happen. Yeah. And yep. then the president of uh, the agency called our house, which never happens. It was always just our manager. And Aww. she was like, hi, this is the uh, president of uh, blah, blah, blah agency. Like, you booked the role. And I was like, what? Oh my god! I you remember. know you did well yeah. when the president calls. Yeah, you. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, she was like, you know, you just went from being our bottom client to like being our number <laughs> one client. Uh, is there anything you wanna you want to do to make things easier? Like, is there any way we can work with you? And then I was like, not having a good time with the current manager because she was like yelling a lot. So oh. I said, switch managers, please. Like, I want good. someone better and then yeah i got uh one of the best managers that uh i've worked with and uh ever since then i was like you know what i want managers uh, rather than agents. agents i love my agents but i also love my managers so yeah. you had this like big career in japan you were a mickey mouse club equivalent child star what made you want to leave that all behind and move to new york to a place where nobody New Year credits. Yeah. Um, well, question, yeah, Thank that is you. a great Thank question. You. Thank you. Very well yeah. said, I thought. Um, <laughs> no retakes on that one. No. <laughs> so uh, there was a, and I'm doing air quotes right now, a graduation period <laughs> for uh, the kids. Like it was a limit of there were only two, uh, one boy and one girl that were 14, and they were the leaders of the club. Aww. So like there was a graduation period. And so I became old enough and I wasn't on the show anymore. And so that's when, like, things started crumbling for me. Like, of snap back out of reality. <laughs> oh, there goes rabbity. And that's you know? when my life crumbled. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, um, to be honest, like, that's uh, that was the pinnacle of my parents uh, fighting right before the divorce. Like, things were happening. I went into 
uh, freshman year of school, and uh, I hated it so much. And then I was like, you know what? Uh, I want to still stay in it, but they weren't hiring me because I was kind of awkward and they didn't know where to place me. So I did like some impersonation shows. Like I started doing a lot more voiceover work, a lot more modeling. And so that's how I like sustained my career in my teens in Japan. But while I was on the show as a kid, uh, I worked with many celebrities that kept saying, you speak perfect English, just move to America. If you make it in America, then you can make it like all over the world. And you're not, you shouldn't just be limited to Japan. Like you should become Uh, an international star. And I was like, you know what? That's what I'm going to do. Yeah. And so, yeah, in 2009, uh, well, in 2007, I went to NYU Steinhardt for a summer program just to test out New York. And then um, in 2009, I just moved here. And uh, are your parents still back in Japan? Everyone in Japan, or uh, my mom is, uh, and my dad is remarried, and he lives in Texas now. Oh, wow. yeah. But it's still like that's a big, scary move. Oh yeah, yeah. In 2009, how old were you? I was uh, I was 18, turning 19. Yeah. Wow, moving to New York by yourself. Yeah. Uh, across the world, you know. Yeah. So, so you just kind of jumped into the real world. You didn't even go to school. Well, I, I did go to the New York Film Academy uh, oh, for oh. one year uh, as an actor. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, that was my time there. Yeah, um, that's and all then you need. I, I you moved never liked on. school. There was no yeah, I wasn't. Yeah, I wasn't a school person, and uh, yeah, I uh, started just jumping into productions, and then I got an agent, and then I booked a role and then I started were you happier you moved here and kind of things fell into place um yeah well I was happier as an individual because in Japan everyone looks at me and they're like oh half Asian guy or oh foreigner Mm. Or like, you know, oh. I, I stand out a lot in Japan. You know, I never thought of Japan as people that would bully or be mean. I just never thought that was even a possibility for yeah, Japanese humans. culture. No, when I, I say know. I was bullied and stuff, that was in an American uh, oh. middle school. I went okay. to an American military uh, school on the military base. That makes more sense to me for some Who reason. Was in the military? Your dad? Uh, my dad, yeah. My dad was wow. in the U.S. Navy. So that's why we were stationed in Japan. And... Um, yeah, after my parents divorced, I just remained there until I was uh, 18, 19, and then... But your dad had already moved back yeah. here, so it was... How often do you go back to Japan? Um, well, I try to go back every year, year and a half. Um, well, I, I try to see my mom every year, year and a half. Um, she's actually coming uh, for 4th of July this year. How fun. Yeah, and then uh, I am going back in October uh, to go to a wedding and just spend some time in Japan. Awesome. Just uh, breathe a little, you know. Yeah, I mean, there's obviously so much going on in your resume, even like how we introduced you. You've got the hosting and the senior producer of this and all this stuff. So let's kind of transition into how all that happened. You were, you moved here, you got an agent, and then it seems like you've been much more focused on creating your own work. And taking action for yourself <laughs> yeah. rather than waiting for jobs. That's absolutely true. Um, yeah, one thing I started noticing after you know a year or two or three of auditioning in New York City, 
Um, not many, you know, the top thing on my uh, expertise or my skills is fluent Japanese. So that's huge, but everyone looks at that and they're like, okay, only send this kid for Japanese roles.、Mm. And then, you know, you put me in a room with 19 other Japanese guys and I'm like the whitest guy there. That makes、and、so much if sense. If you、does. put me in a room with 19 white guys and they're looking for an ordinary Caucasian guy, I look the most Asian or I look the most different. Not what they're looking for. So I started realizing, like, no matter how much I audition, people are looking for a specific thing, or I'm like that outsider special take that they could have.、Um, so I decided, you know what, if no one's going to give me my work, I might as well make it myself and create my own opportunities. And we're going to cheers to that. Yeah, cheers. That's cheers. the attitude. This is just a quick reminder that FOU Studios and the Behind Two Blondes podcast are sponsored by Blue Apron, which we are so grateful for. So grateful. Check out this week's menu and get your first three meals free, including free shipping, by going to blueapron.com slash two blondes. That's spelled T O O. Exactly. So, yeah, you know, I don't want to, I didn't want to just、uh, create content for myself, you know. We're surrounded by so many talented people, and it seems like everyone is trying to do the same thing of like create their own content and get it out there. So, I wanted to get together with the Batsu guys and like really build something up so that we can have a platform where people can get their material out and show the world how talented they actually are, you know?、Mm-hmm. Yeah. And kind of like being a ringleader for it rather than. than A follower. I don't know. It's,、yeah. it's a way you're like you kind of just, just making it happen. Right.、Yeah. I mean,、mm-hmm. if, if I, I, I don't know, if like Jeff and I didn't、uh, do anything, I mean, I think it would still be an empty office right now. Totally. You know, like it would still be an empty studio. So you might as well take, you might as well take initiative. And、uh, you said 20 something, and it's true, you know.、Um, like, Our 20s are limited and it, like we're running out of them. And I, I don't think about my age really. I just like grind daily,、yeah. weekly. You know? Well, this is the time I feel like because I know, I know that it does get harder once you, I mean, I don't know from experience, but I know it gets harder once you have like a family and kids. Yeah.、Absolutely. Just from my parents telling me, like my dad was. A musician and my mom an artist, and it kind of took a back seat once like, they、Your、had kids. Yeah. yeah, so、that、it is、bills. like my、yeah. dad always reminds me this is this very rare and special time in your life where you don't have to focus on、um, nurturing someone else's life. You can just focus, focus on, on your, your own,、yeah. which is this really special time we have. But that also gets me super anxious a lot because I'm like, I only have this much time, and that. Is a mindset I need to change. I just say、mm. if you're doing something productive、mm-hmm. and you'll look back at your 20s and say, I used every moment yeah. Yeah. to its fullest, no matter what no happens. Re- hashtag no regrets. No、yeah. regrets.、Mm-hmm. We, can't, we can't predict what's going to happen. But,、mm-hmm. but and then you do, you do your own work and you're taking action, and things like this YouTube video happens that、yeah. went viral. So, how did、um, they find you? How did Ash catch them for Epic Rap? Battles come about. Yeah.、Um, so, our producer of Batsu,、uh, Joe Tex, he is good friends with、uh, Epic Lloyd, Lloyd Altquist. 
And uh, he hit Epic Lloyd up about our 500th Batsu show. So we wanted him as a special guest. We flew him out from L.A. And uh, we did two performances with him. And while, uh, you know, while everyone was setting up, like, I was just kind of uh, talking shop with uh, Lloyd. And I told him how I enjoyed his work. And I watched the YouTube videos since uh, YouTube was started. And, and it's that he's in charge of Epic Rap Battles on YouTube, yeah. which is like, how many huge. subscribers do they have? I it's mean, just an empire. Of millions, you know. Yeah. Like these guys are huge, and uh, it was kind of crazy that we had Lloyd, you know, in our show Batsu, and he was such a nice guy, and he was like, "Oh, I'm glad you're a fan of the show. Like, do you have any ideas?" And at that time, uh, Pokemon Go had just come out, mm. so I was like, "You got to jump on this Pokemon Go craze." I mean, like Ash Ketchum. I don't know, Ash Ketchum versus, like, Charles Darwin. It's so funny. It was such a phase. No, the uh, Pokemon Go, like, came and went. It was such a insane phenomenon. Okay, go on, go on. Yeah, and and then, you know, just by happenstance, a couple months prior, I had written a rap for myself for the CBS Diversity Showcase. I had just seen Hamilton with Joe Tex, um, and I had this idea for... A sketch where it's a brand new rap musical called Confucius. So, like, I wrote this whole rap musical uh, verse for Confucius, and he was like, oh, let me hear it. So I, like, spat a little rhyme, and then uh, Eric called me over, and, like, he pulled me away at the right time because I, like, left him. With this amazing verse yeah, that I just, just happened because otherwise... Drop, and then, like, I was taken away. Like, I was like, oh, gotta go. Yeah. I'll leave you then, with that. Uh, two days later, he was like, hey, man, uh, we want to fly you out to L.A. to play Ash Ketchum. Would you be interested in that? And I was like... Hell yeah. <laughs> I did not even think of it to be for myself. You, you were know? just like, giving him just ideas. Kinda, you know, that uh, is a job. true, like, looking back, you go, wow, that was the universe looking out for me in a way. Or, like, yeah. that, that was whatever term you want to use. But it was something very... Like, in the cards. Absolutely. I mean, that's why every day or, like, every week I'm just trying to cast as many lures as possible. Because something might catch. Something's going to bite, you know? And you never know where the next one's going to lead you. uh, So, you know, nothing has really come yet from Epic Rap Battles, the 15 million views that have happened already. But, like, I know inevitably... Someone's going to see that and be like, this guy's perfect. You're on our podcast. Yeah. Because we saw you. Thank you. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you. Um, But YouTube, you did gain tons of followers. Yeah, yeah. And thanks to that, I was able to uh, gain access to YouTube studios at Chelsea Pierce. Right, because you need at least 10,000 to be considered, like, take these classes and all this stuff. Yeah. so That's finished, a big uh, accomplishment. I unlocked the space. I'm doing air quotes again. <laughs> um, but yeah, I am doing my first shoot uh, sometime this month. Oh, exciting. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. And uh, I have access to shoot there once a month and uh, use their equipment. and So it's like a learning experience, you know, because mm-hmm. we get to see what the latest technology is going to be there. And uh, Maybe that's the bite. Yeah, we maybe that might be the bite. You never know. Mm-hmm. What's so crazy is, like, you really can... There's so many outlets now to just do everything yourself and you can just make a living by getting views on YouTube, which is so crazy. And 
So it's being aware of those bites. Right. Like, oh, this could be that bite, and I don't even realize it. Yeah. Was Ash Ketchum half Japanese? No. Because you look just like him. Yeah. Uh, Ash Ketchum, I believe he's Japanese. I mean, okay. like, they, it's originally a Japanese show, and that's why I thought, you know, I would be perfect for him because, like, no one can argue... Like, oh, he's a Japanese character. Well, I'm a Japanese guy. Oh, well, yeah. he speaks English. Well, I'm an American guy that speaks English. No, you literally were so. meant to play Ash Ketchum. So, yeah, it's crazy because, like, <laughs> when I was a kid, you know, 1997 was when Pokemon came out. And oh, I have pictures of me right as Ash Ketchum. Right before 98. Right, yeah. Just proving why it was such a good year. Okay, go on. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was it was meant to be, you know. Um, yeah. I wish I could talk to my six-year-old self and be like... You're going to play him Keep one day. You're yeah. going to be him. <laughs> Just you wait. You're going to grow up to be Ash Ketchum. Yeah. That's a little boy's dream. Yeah. Now, really. Chase said she watched a video of the behind the scenes of mm-hmm. making this video. Was it all day? Exhausting? Yeah, it looked like it was the most, like for this two minute video or yeah. however long it is, like, so much gear and equipment and time and energy for yeah. just a, a short little video. I mean, if you watch the video again and count every single take that or like different, different shot, different shot of me popping up is like literally the shot that we did. You know, we did you know a full body, a certain angle, the whole song. Rapping. And there's just so many different yeah. shots they did. Can and you then, imagine like, editing? Cha- change the angle, look that way, whole thing over and over again. Look this way over oh. and over. Medium shot, same thing. You know, close up, extreme close up. Let's do something fun. Let's do like throw throw some things around. Mm-hmm. You know, reaction shots. Like he just dissed you really hard. So like, huh? Mm-hmm. You know. So it was a it was a long process that I wish never ended. Like, right, if, good. Because when you're doing it. what you love, it's not work. Yeah, if I could do that every single day, I would be more than happy to do that. You know, um, they what? treated me so nicely over there. I was gonna say, yeah. what are your days at this point in your life? Like, what's a typical day for you? Is it a lot of um, auditioning? Is it a lot of like putting shoots together? All over the place, like us. Yeah, different. yeah. it's it's still all over the place. This year, 2017, I made a decision to quit my day job. Oh. Um, and Okay, another yeah. cheers! cheers. Another cheers, that's a huge thing. Clink. That's really big. That. Yeah, I did, but it was like a night job. Yep. You just did that? She quit her night job. Oh. I did, just like a few weeks ago. Are you solely working no, on acting now? No, I'm... Uh, my sister's uh, assistant. So oh, fun. it's like so much more flexible, and yeah. she's also in the arts and doing some. I mean, we've interviewed her on the yeah. podcast. Yeah, sister's well. amazing. Yeah. Um, so that's just kind of more in line with where I want to. In my job, be. I get to choose my schedule. Nice. I can say yes or no. So every Tuesday, Friday, we allot for our work. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And broke, but it's great. Because yeah. <laughs> you were working, she was working at like a huge restaurant. famous restaurant with mm. like making really good money, but it does so get much. exhausting and like you can't really have your own life outside of it. Yeah. So what were you doing yeah, before uh, you, when you quit? Well, right now I am still in the midst of it. it I'm going to say I haven't given a date yet, but in the next couple months, um, yeah, I'm going to quit my restaurant job. Um, at this point, I mean, Batsu is paying your rent. Yeah, my rent, and my bills, Jeez, and stuff. It's huge. It is huge because, like, I I can't, you know, it You're just goes to show actor. that if you stick with it, like, good things can happen. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So, yeah, because of that, I want to focus more on FOU Studio, start cranking out material, start producing, start directing, start acting. And um, I just want to be auditioning and uh, working, you know? Um, I really want to keep writing. Like, I have a lot of ideas, but I have trouble jotting them down, like, uh, comprehensively. Yeah. That's how I have too many all over the place, and she also has a lot, but she's so good at condensing. But only when there's a deadline. Only a deadline. For Deadlines that. are everything. Uh huh. Yeah. But it's, then at the same time, it creates such stress for you. you know? Yeah. So good. I mean, yeah. and that's it right. does. It Doing becomes, a writing room is such a good idea yeah. because you have to get stuff done. Yeah. Yeah, I have been wanting to do more writing, and so I have some buddies from film school that I've been working with, and uh, we've been coming up with an anthology of uh, horror and sci-fi um, episodics. Amazing. Yeah. I've always wanted to be in a horror film, so keep me in mind. Ooh. I do Possessed really <laughs> Yeah, that would be amazing. You know, she does too, actually, so we can be yeah. the Possessed sisters. I played a dead person. <laughs> Twice. Oh. The funniest thing ever. <laughs> one, I actually was cast in the role. Um, wait, the, wait, so the, does that mean the second one? Oh, just wait, okay, just wait. Right. The really second good. one, I had an audition for Dead Person, and my agents sent me the wrong sides, and they sent me a side where I had no lines and I literally was dead in the corner. <laughs> so I, there is an audition tape sent to these people of me. I laid myself on a table. It was a video audition. I laid down on the table. My sister was recording, saying, like, a three-minute scene of dialogue. <laughs> and I'm laying down. And, like, every now and then I would, like, maybe, like, flinch just to, like, give just some character. That, yeah. Like, I, I had no idea what to do with the role. I thought it was a sensational audition. Turns out they got the video and were like, what the heck like crazy. happened here because there's actually a part where like the dead person comes to life and is possessed <laughs> did you do it yes i had to redo it and again sensational dead person but that part where i'm just laying there i was crying laughing when i found I out i could also be the girl oh that dies God. first <laughs> making out in a forest i'm good at that too. <laughs> you know like the girl that always gets killed first oh that's she, like, good that's good it's great yeah so <laughs> we have some experience with there i didn't get the role but then I got cast as a dead person in a reading. So <laughs> right, shortly after, uh, possessed dead person, a person who the cheerleader girl that gets yeah, killed, it's gets fine. killed first, first Sick, off, sickly dead. It's fine, whatever. Okay, okay. so just keep just us, keep us in mind. Yes, casting yes. notice will be sent out. Dead people, <laughs> dead people. Can we just talk dead about girls. real quickly? Cabin in the Woods. Sure. Anyone see it? A long yeah, time ago, long time I loved ago, yeah. it. it was, did you guys see Get Out? Yes, I did. I see haven't Get seen out. it yet. Well, is it scary? Scary? No. Yes, but no. Like can it I is it? a genius movie. It is a genius movie. You can you see guys it. Went to the movie theaters and saw it. Went to the movie theaters That's, and wow. saw it. You should go to the movie theaters to see it, and it's probably not out in movie theaters anymore. But um, really, you don't think so? It's been no. out that long. Well, by time. Yeah, by the time April. Yeah. But um, yeah, you should definitely watch it in theaters because it's much more of an audience experience. You know? Okay, nice. I'll have to tell him to put it on for me. Just for a special little favor. For me. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited! Okay, it's really see it. good. Robbie wants me, to, and my fiance wants me to see it, so I'll see it. Yeah, you should. I should. Um, so you're doing writing. I know in the past you've talked about like a ten or year goal, or down the line, like a huge goal of yours is to be on SNL. Any comedian's yeah. goal would be that. Yeah, and they don't have any Asians, right? Or and half I, Asians. And I thought about you last night when they did a ninja sketch. And they didn't 
they they had to have white guys the one playing with it. Leslie Jones, yes, as the ninja, yes, yes, yes. I, I thought that. of you last night, yeah. and I was like, wait, Brian was really had a point. Yeah, like that's ridiculous. It, it, you know, and I'm telling you now that uh, Tokyo 2020, the Olympics, uh, is coming up. So as that's coming up, there are going to be more and more Japanese and Asian-related stories and, and topics and all these different things happening, productions. So it's like we need to get more Asians out there, you know, in the acting industry, yeah. getting more roles. Uh, so, yeah, I want to, you know, three years from now, I want to be able to go to Lauren Michaels and be like, hey, you know. I've been manning this uh, studio, coming up with content with a group of people, like a team, and uh, you guys need an Asian comedian actor mm-hmm. on your show. You need one. Let me be that person. Mm-hmm. Like, I can do voices. Oh, my. I'm George Takei. <laughs> Lauren, you know? I hope you're listening. Yeah. <laughs> there it is. Um, I love your confidence so much, because that's what it takes. It does. A lot of times, I know I get embarrassed, like, saying, like... Oh, I'm, I'm fabulous. Right. I get embarrassing, like, this is where I want to end up because because it's just so many people want that or it doesn't seem realistic. And I love your confidence. Like, I'm going to walk up to Lauren and this is what I'm saying. And I think all actors need that or anyone that wants to um, have a career in the arts. I mean, there's so much rejection. I think you have to... You gotta have thick skin, and you it's know. It's not rejection. They just have a specific thing in their mind. You didn't do anything wrong, and that's, that's the difference. That's mm-hmm. the key right there is to be able to let go and realize that there's so many things out of your control yep. uh, when it comes to casting. But that's what, what I'm saying also is that, no, like, you know, the casting notices for Ninja shouldn't have, you know, a bunch of white extras playing ninja roles. If the if the whole <laughs> shtick is that Leslie Jones is a ninja, then all the other ninjas should, should be, be Asian. Asian so that we get the joke, you yeah. know? Yeah. Versus like, why, what is this, Beverly Hills Ninja, like right. a school of white ninjas? That's I, funny. They should do that if they're going to do it. Yeah, you know? <laughs> they need ninja. Brian! Yeah. They need him! Beverly Hills Ninja. Ugh. Yeah, so I love that goal, and I love um, I love that it's going to happen. It's going to yeah. happen. I mean, I have given myself the deadline of the Olympics, Tokyo 2020. So, like, by the time I'm not a 20-something anymore, like, I'm a 30-something, like, I need to have my stuff together, you know? That's and, how I feel. I feel like I need to have it together by yeah. my 30-somethings. And these are the steps that I'm taking right now. So that these are the seeds that I'm planting. So three years from now, like they'll be, it'll be a yeah. jungle. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm constantly reading motivational quotes and books and listening to motivation. And this week's quote is okay. Give it to me. I'm um, ready. And I'm gonna paraphrase. It's something like, you "Don't have a memory." If it's not, <laughs> if you failed then it's not the end because the end is never going to be a failure. So if you're thinking like, oh, man, I failed, well, then that's not the end of your journey. There's mm-hmm. more to come. D- does that, you guys have heard that quote, right? Am I, I'm paraphrasing it so wrong. <laughs> Something where Something like, like that. the end, yeah. if there's no failure, shoot. Something with failing not being the end. So if you are in a place where you feel what is like failing? you've is been rejected or this or that, that's not the end of your path. Right. The end is success so you have to just keep going through all these obstacles (laughs) (laughs) i have to uh condense it a little um she doesn't remember it that's what she means (laughs) i'm really good my mom and i do the same thing i can listen to something and know exactly what it is in my brain can't 
vocalize it. Mm. I have a tough time repeating. That's why I need a script in real life. <laughs> but you're a good improviser. Mm, that's very sweet of you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very seriously. Very serious. I, I, I feel like I have a very tough time. Now, now Brian, Batsu <laughs> yes. is, where can people come and see you? Yes, you can find us online at batsulive.com. Uh, that's where you can get tickets because Great. it's pretty difficult to just show up to the venue and try to get tickets for that night because mm-hmm. we're most likely sold out. But the location is in the East Village on St. Mark's Place, 15 St. Mark's Place, at a place called Jabon. And we do it every Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, 8 p.m. Wow. And as someone who's been to the show multiple times, it is so fun, so funny. Uh, You've been twice. Three times? Um, more than that, because I've gone just now. by myself. <laughs> You're such a party But animal. it's fun with, like, large groups, too, like, oh, yeah. if you go for a birthday. Or that. Anyway, I really highly recommend it to anyone visiting New York or who lives here. Yay. So, um... And you can find him on YouTube. Yeah. You uh, can find me uh, on... It's Candy Time. Why don't you... Yeah. Share all those. You can find me on YouTube at youtube.com slash systemjap, or if you just look up It's Candy Time... Uh, I have a segment that I do where I review Japanese candy and uh, talk about it, and it's a lot of fun. Um, you guys were guests. We, we were guests. It was yeah. so much fun. It was a highlight. <laughs> a highlight, definitely. Some sour gum candy. <laughs> that you had to and try. Um, what's your Instagram website oh, and yeah. Facebook? Um, you can find All my website. Uh, it is. Uh, BrianWaltersActing.com mm. and my good one. Uh, someone t- did someone take Brian Walters? Yes. Oh, yes. Come on. Uh, I never even used it. There's also another uh, Brian Walters actor out there. Really? I, I think Brian Walters actor was also taken. So there's like, a Savannah Brown that's a singer. She takes up all the YouTubes, all the YouTubes. <laughs> right. And now I found out there's this half Japanese, half black kid in Japan named Brian. Who's like going by Brian? And what? Like, no, I'm Brian. It's uh-huh. funny because there's not many girl chases, and now when I I see there's other girl chases, I'm kind of like, hey, that's Wait my thing. Yeah. So I feel you. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's candy time. Is how you can find me. Oh, and Instagram. Instagram is b k e i y a b k y a, and my Twitter is <laughs> System Jab. Well, that's confusing. Yeah. B-K-E-I-Y-A, B-K-E-A. B-K-E-A, I love it. Brian's so proud of you. Thank you for being Thank here. You. Thank you. Thank you for having me, guys. I'm so happy we got to chat with you and Yay. brunch with you, and we'll see you, uh, we'll see you at Batsu. See you at Batsu. Yes, see you at Batsu, and I would love to come back when we have more successes and then uh, check back in with Yay, you guys. Uh, you're coming back. Yeah. <laughs> Three years, 2020. Yay. Thanks, guys. That's our show, and now we're saying so long. Tune in next time on Behind Two Blondes. The Behind Two Blondes podcast is brought to you by FOU Studios and recorded at Face Off Unlimited headquarters in Astoria, Queens. The show was created and written by Chase O'Donnell and Savannah Brown. This episode was produced and edited by Jeffrey Shimmer. Executive producers are Joe Tex, Jay Painter, and Eric Robinson. FOU Studios is a property of Face Off Unlimited, LLC. I'm Brian Walters, the senior producer here, and on behalf of everybody who worked on this show, we'd like to thank you, the listeners, for tuning in. Subscribe to catch all of our other podcasts here on the FOU Studios Podcast Network. To learn more, connect with us via social media at FOU Studios and visit us at FOUstudios.com. Boom! Boom.